Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. And welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, we're going to talk about a thing behind the productivity, a thing that is a tool, a tool that is one of my favorites, Text Expander. Yes, Text Expander is one of my favorite productivity tools. In fact, it is probably one of the ones I use all day, every day. Now that I think about it, that is actually true. I have Greg Scown, one of the creators of Text Expander, on the show this week. I'm thrilled to bring this to you because, honestly, there probably isn't a tool that I use as much as Text Expander to get more done and get things done faster. And those are two of the biggest things when it comes to productivity is getting more done and things done faster. So Text Expander is that tool. We're going to talk all about what it is how it automates your text and speeds up your processes, personal and shared, not to mention moving into intermediate and even some power tips and tricks and tools for those of you who are already Text Expander users. So stay tuned. And actually, at the end of this episode, if you stay tuned, I have a, uh, a promo code for Text Expander that will allow you to save a certain discount off the purchase of Text Expander if you have not purchased it and are interested in doing so. Before we get into that conversation, I want to say thank you to our new sponsor for Beyond the To-Do List, Nosby. Nosby is a task management system that is used by 300,000 people, helping them be effective in getting their tasks and projects done solo or in their teams. Nosby is a system that is spread all across all different platforms and devices. The Mac, Windows, Linux, Android, iPad, iPhone, even your Apple Watch. Nosby is doing a special offer for Beyond the To-Do List fans. You can try Nosby Pro for 30 days. And when you're ready to buy, you'll save 10% using the coupon code TODO. What does that 30-day pro account get you? It gets you unlimited private and shared projects, tasks, categories, data, everything. Again, free apps on the web, 
the Mac, Windows, Android, iPad, iPhone, Apple Watch, all the Nosby collaboration features to use for yourself and your team, and you get additional productivity tips, videos, tutorials, articles. You need to start using Nosby now so you can be productive. Again, that Nosby Pro free trial. To get that, go to Nosby, that's N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash to do. That's N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash T-O-D-O. This week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show Greg Scown. Greg, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I think it's my privilege to be here. <laughs> well, thank you very much for saying that. <laughs> you are from Smile Software, which is the maker of one of my favorite pieces of software, Text Expander, among a couple other pieces. Uh, let's see, PDF Pen. I'm forgetting a couple others, but you guys make awesome stuff. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, mainly, mainly we focus on uh, PDF pen and text expander. And then we also focus on the fact that we have the products available for the Mac, the iPad and the iPhone. Yes. And that's awesome. And I love the fact that you have that now. I think that was when, like I was a text expander fan for a long time and I didn't have a Mac. And then I got one and I thought, yeah, I should probably get text expander at some point, but it was really when the iOS version came out. And even then, that was a little bit of a, I don't know, I'm getting into too much nuts and bolts here <laughs> right off the bat. But the idea that I could take my text expander snippets and sync them to my phone was appealing, but it just didn't work for, well, I, saying it didn't work is, is not the way to put it, but saying it didn't work like we thought it should work and now does work is maybe a better way of putting it. I don't know. So we'll sure, get into no, that. That. Makes, that makes total sense. I understand. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. But again, I'm kind of doing this series here where I'm asking people that are from these places or that make these tools that I love and use every day to come on and one, acclimate people to what the tool is, and two, teach me a little bit because there's always room to learn, and then three, kind of give out some master tips, tricks, whatever. So let's get started with this, with Text Expander. And from the very lowest level, someone who's never heard that word text expander or who has heard that word a number of times but doesn't know what it is, what is text expander? Sure. So at its heart, text expander is a communication improvement product. It's out to save you time and to improve the consistency of your communication. At the very, very basic level, uh, you can set up short abbreviations that expand into larger pieces of text. For example, I have an abbreviation capital T, small x, which expands to text expander. And when you consider the fact that I type text expander several hundred times in the course of a day, that's incredibly convenient, and it actually saves me a lot of typing and a lot of time. I have much larger snippets, uh, well, abbreviations that expand into much larger snippets, such as my email signature, uh, which is SigGreg, and includes my phone number, my Skype, and today's marketing message from Smile. And uh, then, you know, you can take it even further, but really at its heart, the idea is that you're typing in short abbreviations that expand into longer pieces of text. You're saving yourself time. And when you're doing something repetitively, then you're able to be consistent. So for example, if you're doing support replies, you can have the same abbreviation expand to the same reply that you're doing over and over again. Awesome. I almost like to look at it as if you know the code word, then 
the secret phrase will pop out. <laughs> well, the great thing is that folks who've been using TextExpander for a long time use it that way, which is you have your abbreviation and you kind of memorize them and you know them. But frankly, TextExpander can do even more than that, which is that if you know a single word from the expanded text, you actually can set up a little hotkey. So you type the beginning or a portion of what you think you need. You hit the hotkey to do an inline search, and then up comes a list of all of the snippets that you have that match. So you can actually use TextExpander without abbreviations at all. Oh, yeah. So that's almost like a like a snippet archive. Quick, yeah. I mean, you can, you can treat – Yeah, that's great. You can treat your snippets as essentially your own personal knowledge base. That's cool. I hadn't even thought about approaching it that way because I'm one of those people who you know really has memorized those core – I don't know, 10 to 20 snippets that I use all the time. And then the rest of them are ones where they're either accidental fixes to cover myself, uh, which we should talk about for a sec, or some of those other ones where it's longer and it's automatic or it's automatic and things like that. Yes, absolutely. And, and in fact, you know, I'm thinking about, I never remember the abbreviation for screenshot. Um, I, you know, I just cannot for some reason internalize that, but I know that screen appears in the text, and so I just type screen, I hit the hotkey, and then up comes my list, and it's the first one on the list. Yeah, that's awesome. I just hinted at the one where it's kind of like it, – it's really good for – it's almost a better version. Let's put it this way. It's almost a better version of autocorrect for your Mac. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So you can set up an abbreviation for a common misspelling. For example, I love to misspell around. I, for some reason, I'm obsessed with putting two R's in it. I know full well that it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. My muscle memory has two R's in around. And so I have a, an abbreviation for around with two R's, which expands to around with one R. So it's an easy way to fix your own common spelling bugbears. Yeah, I have one with the word because, and I always put U-A instead of A-U for some reason. <laughs> Uh huh. So I have that programmed in that as soon as I type in, let's see, it's B E C U A, and there's no other word that I'm going to type that's going to have that. As soon as I do that, it actually gives me the little boop, and it type it replaces it with the correct spelling, which is nice. So now there are folks who are uh, easily convinced at expanding short abbreviations into larger pieces of text because they type all the time and that's important to them. But there's also the idea of using text expander for personalization. So for example, you have a response, maybe your sales follow-up that you do commonly, but you don't want to send this completely generic, you know, dear customer, comma, you know, it was a pleasure to speak with you recently, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, and so you can set up a snippet that has dear fill in the blank customer name, comma, it was a pleasure to speak with you pop-up yesterday, today, last week, so that you can very, very quickly do something that you do repeatedly, but do it with you know a, a good level of personalization. Yeah, it's so it's nuanced. It's not, you know, dear sir or madam. And it's not even just going the one extra level of swapping out dear sir or madam to dear insert name, although this can do that. It's also that level of you've got you can select yes or no or or different circumstantial correspondence pieces to it. So it's less form letter like. Yes. Well, and and then the other thing that it does that's kind of handy is that it makes you consistent. So you don't have to worry about proofreading your sales follow up email every single time because you've proofread the snippet that you use. 
Yes, yes, yeah. Because you 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 already know that those are all pre-approved, and you you yourself selected the right pieces, so it's already done. Exactly, which is very cool. Some people getting started with this would think, okay, but how do I know how to get started? How do I know how to name what you know? What are the proper naming? conventions in terms of my abbreviations and how how would you suggest someone who's just getting started maybe doesn't have a system in place yet sure so that depends a little bit on you i think there are a few things to consider the first is are you going to use it on the mac and ios and most likely you are in which case you want to bear in mind when setting your abbreviations that the keyboard on an ipad or an iphone doesn't have punctuation on the front of the keyboard. And so you know, using punctuation characters as you might consider doing, I mean, so for example, you might use an uncommon punctuation like a backslash or you know a semicolon. That won't work so well on iOS in the sense that you have to switch keyboards to do that. So that's probably your first consideration. Uh, what folks have done as an easy workaround to that is use either an uncommon letter uh, like X, Q, or Z or double up on a letter. And I believe uh, one of our uh, very highly published users, Dr. Drang, uses mm-hmm. uh, double J. So Yes. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, I've kind of adopted the, the X mostly because David Sparks suggested to use it. So Yeah. So, I mean, you have to kind of pick what works for you. And in fact, actually, as much as I appreciate the systems for abbreviations, I probably use three different ones depending on the abbreviation that I'm going for. So I will use the, I'll actually use double X from time to time. Uh, for our support stuff, we actually use sort of a dot notation. They will abbreviate the product dot and then the, uh, you know, abbreviation for the reply. So uh, for example, TE5 comma v, uh, dot V5 is my abbreviation for here's what's new in version 5 of text expander. Ah, uh, okay. So, you may find that for different uses you actually use different abbreviation schema. Um I'm, I'm sure this is sacrilege to some <laughs> of our users too. So, you know, I'm going to get myself in trouble by by saying that I I actually do all of the above. Uh but, you know, you have to do what works for you. Right. Picking abbreviations is fairly personal. And I think the main thing is get started and don't be afraid to get started. You can always go back and change them. Well, and one of the other key pieces that you guys have baked in in one of the more recent uh, versions has been suggested snippets, which somebody could – I mean they, somebody ideally could just install it, leave it open, and just start going about their work as usual, and they would get these – uh, suggestions saying, you know, you've typed insert here, whatever it is, uh, several times and still searching for a great candidate for your company. Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent 
fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Then you would start to get a hint at, oh, you know, I could start saving time by creating a snippet for that. Yes, absolutely. And that's super handy for finding the relatively short things that you type frequently that are not dictionary words. Uh, so product names or email addresses or things like that. Uh, the suggested snippets may not be so handy for finding the long form stuff that you do mm-hmm. because you typically don't type that out without any, you know, error repetition, cursor movement. So. Uh, it's great for finding the things that you do that are short and not dictionary items. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, for a while there had it on, but I turned it off just cause I, you know, I'm like, I'm comfortable, I'm good. But part of me feels like I'm going to turn it back on just to see if there's anything that I'm not aware of that I'm, I'm doing a lot of, you know, it's one of those good things to have as kind of a background monitor of what I'm doing and maybe coach me and help me. <laughs> So. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I discovered the other day through that that I had somehow deleted the snippet for my phone number. Um, and so it's like, you know, you've typed this a number of times. Maybe you should make an abbreviation. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have already <laughs> had that abbreviation. So it's handy. The other thing, the, the flip side of it is also handy, which is that once you get started using the product that have a few abbreviations set up, if you then type it out long form, Text pin will say, you know, by the way, you have an abbreviation set up for that, so you might want to use it. So, for example, you know, if I am typing my phone number out and I do have an abbreviation, it will say, okay, you know, by the way, you can type TTEL instead of typing your number 510 blah, 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 blah. Ah, yes, that's cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's super handy to get recommendations for abbreviations that you already have. Well, and one of the things that I've done. Two different things, actually. One was just get started and, and kind of put in five different ones that I think I'm going to use and, and not worry so much about what I'm naming it. Just try to practice using it. And then by practicing using it and using it more often, I realized, oh, you know what might be a better piece of content or text to have here or a better abbreviation? That rhythm starts to happen as I like with anything, you start using something, you realize, oh, I can use this better if I tweak this this way or that way. The other key piece, though, is that you guys allow for importing of other people's snippets, which has been really helpful because once in a while, it's just like, man, there's got to be somebody out there who's figured out a way to make, you know, who's who's done a ton of like cool date tam- date stamp stuff or maybe OmniFocus stuff. Like if they use, you know, uh, a certain tool that I also use. And they use Text Expander, and they've got that figured out. So that's pretty cool too. <laughs> oh, you bet! No, absolutely, I can totally understand that. I'm trying to think of what some other ones are. Oh, there's one. I got another one that's pretty cool, actually. But uh, go ahead, you were going to say something. Sorry, I was just thinking. The other thing to keep in mind, also for folks who are new to Text Expander and just getting started, is that when you first launch Text Expander, it will actually walk you through creating a couple of snippets. And in particular, the snippets will be your telephone number, your home address, your email address, uh, possibly your email signature and things like that. And it will also give you the chance to practice expanding them. So 
there is a bit of you know getting started that's there that's uh, designed to welcome you to Taxi Expander and to equip you with something that you can use right from the start. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool um, the onboarding process there that's that's already set up, and I love that. I, I also love the fact that again, like I said, at some some a certain point, Text Expander became infinitely more. Uh, usable for me because I was able to take everything I'd already built on the desktop over to my phone and to be able to answer emails, not just with a yes or a no, but with, you know, actual like <laughs> sentences and stuff that was already, you know, pre-planned and everything right on my mobile while out and about that just, that just blew my mind. Yeah, no, we're really excited. I mean, our, our history on iOS is interesting in that really until iOS 8, Text Expander was of sort of modest use on iOS. You mm-hmm. could have all your snippets. You could edit them. You could expand them within Text Expander. You could expand them within, say, about 100 or so apps that had implemented our SDK. And certainly the productivity apps that are important to folks did do that, which is fantastic. But you couldn't use it everywhere. And that's not the way that it works on the Mac. You know, in the Mac, you can use it in any app, which is, yes. you know, great. You, and in fact, frequently is a better choice than defining shortcuts that are app specific. And with the introduction of iOS 8, we were able to add the text expander keyboard. And so now you can expand snippets in any app on iOS. And that was a game changer for me personally as well, because we have, you know, a support app that we were able to use on the iPhone. It was from a large company who were not to be persuaded to implement the Texas Banner SDK. And so it was just impossible to do support on the phone because it was just, right. it was just impossible. Yeah. And now with the keyboard, I have access to all my snippets. They're available. And I am nearly as efficient doing support on a phone or an iPad as I am on the Mac. And that's just that was just a fantastic game changer. It was really wonderful. Yeah, that was – I mean as soon as I heard – that that keyboard functionality was there. And somebody, I don't know if it had been officially announced yet from you guys, but I know somebody said, what if? And I thought, oh my gosh, that would be a game changer. And then, and, and I don't ever use that word game changer. I just hate using it. But <laughs> but uh, it came about and it, it really, really was. I mean, it made me so much more productive on the phone side of things. and And the iPad, for that matter, I should say. Yeah, and I mean, even for our work, it was very interesting. So, you know, we showed up at WWDC and they announced custom keyboards. And all of a sudden we realized that, wow, for the next, you know, several months and before the release of iOS 8, this is what we're going to be doing because we really have no choice. I mean, not in a bad way. It's just, you know, the technology to do what we need has arrived and we must meet it. Yeah, definitely. There's some other features here that I was interested in asking you about. For example, could you t- to explain a little bit more about what a a nested snippet is? Okay, sure. So a nested snippet is when you have expanded text and another snippet within it. Uh, I think probably the best example is my email signature, which I alluded to earlier. So I have basic plain text that's my name, my email, my phone number, my Skype, etc. And then I have the smile marketing message. Well, my signature doesn't change all that often, but the smile marketing message does. So 
I've separated them into the the two snippets. I have the snippet sig greg for my signature, and I have the snippet sig sup signature supplemental, which is the marketing message. And so at the end of sig greg, I include sig sup, and then the combination of both is what gets expanded. Uh, and that way, whenever we change the content of the marketing message, it changes in my email address. The other neat thing is that I have signatures for when I'm doing support for Text Expander or PDF Pen, which include exactly the same marketing message, which comes from exactly the same snippet. And so that one marketing message is shared in three places by virtue of using it as a nested snippet. How do you sync that? I mean, do you, do you sync, um, let's see, sig sup? That's what you said was the mm-hmm. changing variable there. Uh, where the marketing message changes, does somebody else change that or do you change that? Well, so what we do is uh, we have a URL-based snippet group. And so this is getting into the sort of more advanced end of things. But you can set up a snippet group that is pulled from a web server. And we have that set up for our some of our shared support snippets. And then Maya, who does marketing and PR for Smile, edits the marketing message snippet. So not only am I sharing the nested snippet for my signature, but everyone is sharing it for theirs as well. Yeah, that was what I assumed. I thought, wait a second, somebody else has got to be switching this for you, and and that way you don't have to think about it because right. That I mean, having the the trigger there, but not having the snippet be something that you yourself are swapping out. You know, otherwise it's it's you may as well just swap it out yourself. So right. how how are you guys doing that again, where you're, you've got one place where there's a certain amount of snippets that are then be able to be synced to multiple people, even though you've got your own system too? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, again, that's where we've got it sitting on a web server and we have Maya who's going up there and editing that group. So she's replacing the content that's on the web server with her edited version of that content. And she is the manager of that content. Okay. Now, if, if one were to gaze into one's crystal ball and think a bit about the future of Tax Expander, then simplifying that process of sharing and storage and making the centralized storage and sharing of snippets easier than it is now might be a way we might be headed. Yeah, that was that's kind of what I'm getting at is I thought – that would be really cool to be able to have, you know, my own system of stuff that I've worked together and I know works best for me may not work and it may not work best for somebody else. But we've also got these common snippets that either we all want to make sure we have, which, again, you could just import or uh, somehow sync just those. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I would love to. <laughs> well, I, I guess as a text expander user, I've got, and I have your ear, you have my ear, I have your ear, whichever one that is. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I would love to see that because be, being able to deploy text expander across an entire team of people and have, you know, one person in charge of updating snippets and things like that sounds really cool. Yes, it, it certainly does. <laughs> I guess, is there any other like super cool like things that, once you figured out or implemented them, even though you've been around since the beginning, uh, anything that just you've been super excited about as time has gone on in the past, you know, few versions. Oh, it's it just always exciting because it's something that I use every day. But I, I did have a sort of aha moment with nested snippets myself, where we have 
a number of predefined groups. There's accented words, there's common misspellings, and there are some others. And one of them is the internet productivity group. And that group just contains uh, a few things for uh, doing essentially URL expansion and URL verification. So uh, if you're using Bitly and you have something on the clipboard, you know, URL on the clipboard, you can just type, you know, slash bit.ly and then it will do the shortening for you. The problem is that that particular snippet needs some setup, right? It has to have your account name and your API key. And what we had been doing is telling people, well, download the group, duplicate it, and then go in and edit it and put your information in there. But it occurred to me that if we had a nested snippet that wasn't even in the internet productivity group, we could do two things. First of all, we could tell you that it's not there <laughs> when it isn't. And the second is that we could instruct you on how to create your own snippet for your account and for your API key. And so we revised that to make the process easier. Um, and it, it's kind of an aha moment for me because it's like, oh, this is a thing that we've had forever and we weren't using it to its fullest ability, which is it lets you put a nested snippet inside essentially a read-only group. And then you supply the content for the nested snippet in your read-write group. Okay. And then they work together. Interesting. Yeah. That's okay. I think I'm following you. So then how does that play out? If I get what you're saying, you're saying, describe what that looks like from the user end. Like that's all set up. Now what do I do? And, and what, what does it output? Sure. So let's say the first time you do this, you, down, you, you grab the internet productivity group, you just add it via the file menu. And you see that one of them is slash bit.ly. And so you copy a URL onto the clipboard and you type slash bit.ly. And it says, bit.ly now requires you to have an account and specify your login and API key. Please create snippets with abbreviations of my underscore bit.ly underscore login and my underscore bit.ly underscore API key and the corresponding values. So then you go ahead and do as it says and you make a new snippet with an abbreviation of my bit.ly login set the content to your bit.ly login. You make another one with my bit.ly API key. You set that to your API key and you're set. Got it. Yeah, that is cool. That's definitely a time saver in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So it was really, you know, it was really exciting to find a new use for something that's been there for quite a while and to solve a problem for users in a sort of more elegant way and in a, how do you say it, forward-looking way because now we can update the internet productivity group. Let's say that Bitly changes their API, which is not unknown to happen. We can update that group. You probably It's automatically set to update weekly. You can even hit the update now button in the group and it will pull the latest content, but it doesn't need you to change your API key or to change your login because they're stored outside that group. Right. Okay. I get that. That makes sense. So, you know, let's say that you're not going to go deep into the extreme nerdery. Then other things that you can do we did talk about fill-ins and, you know, we talked about you can do a name or you can do a pop-up. The other thing that you can do in a fill-in that's super handy is you can have an optional text section. So you can toggle on or off a piece of text that comes out in your reply. So, you know, you might have one for back order. So you can do all somebody's order information and then toggle the information about a back order on only if that order is in fact a back order. And that can be handy. 
another thing that we've added is we have a preview of your expanded snippet. So if you're going to use maybe date macros, so you set up, you know, you want the month to appear and you want the day to appear and you want them to appear in a particular format, there's an insert menu to do all that. But, you know, when you're done, you want to kind of see it live and make sure that it's actually working. And so we've added a preview to make that easier to prepare. Okay, that's cool. And you used a word there, macros, that unless you grew up in a cubicle or have that nerdy tendency, you may not know what that means. So what's the difference between a macro and like a snippet? Sure. So a macro is something that appears within a snippet and it expands to something other than what it appears as. Uh, So for example, uh, you're defining a snippet and uh, you insert you typically don't need to memorize these. Basically, you'll go to the insert menu, you'll choose date, and you'll choose year. And when you do that, you'll see in your in your snippet comes percent capital Y. Um, and then when you expand that snippet or when you preview that snippet, the percent capital Y will expand to 2015. Gotcha. So it's almost like, and this is actually where I've heard it the most, the word macro being used in conjunction with a Microsoft Excel file where a certain slot of data, the outcome in a certain cell changes based on what you input in the other cells. And that's kind of what this is. Uh, sure, it's similar. I mean, similar. It's, yeah, it's pretty straightforward in the sense that what, I mean, in a, maybe the other most common macro that we have is percent clipboard. And so you can put that wherever you want in your snippet content and the content of the clipboard will appear there when you expand. So whatever the current content of the clipboard is, is what's going to appear. And so the idea is that these items take what is current. So for the date, they take what's current. Or for the clipboard, they take what is current. Or for a nested snippet, they take whatever the current value of that nested snippet is. Yeah, and so in that way, it's in a sense thinking for you and grabbing that current stuff, and you don't have to remember it. It it brings it in automatically. Exactly. And I mean, you... One of the handier abbreviations is D-date, which is, you know, today's date in a format that is the one that you most commonly use. So if you're a letter writer, then it would probably be, or if you're a North American English letter writer, then (laughs) it would be, you know, the, the long month name, the date and comma and the long year. And if you're, you know, a MySQL database person, then it's going to be the date in ISO standard format. So you know you can set up your abbreviation to format however you need, and then you never have to think about, gosh, what is today's date? You just think, okay, I type D-date and I'm done. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the cool things too, just that I was realizing, is the, the ability to organize your snippets into different groups inside of your, your text expander. Uh, installation because then you can have all those different versions of well here's the date for today here's a different format for something else here's a time here's you know all that here's my biographical information phone number home address work address all that kind of stuff and have all these other different groups as well yes absolutely i really love doing that 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 was one of the things where once i had enough time under my belt and had created all of the things that i thought i was going to create I, i obviously went on and made more but I grouped them that way so that I could look them up quicker. But I think that was prior to being able to, to you know, s- search and type in a, a portion of the snippet itself to bring it up. So Sure. Although I would say that certainly grouping is still a good idea because it gives you a bit of 
information if you're trying to review your snippets, and it also gives you sort of obvious cut points for snippets that you might want to share with other people. Yeah. Are there any cool integrations between Text Expander and the other Smile softwares? Between Text Expander and PDF Pen, uh, well, there aren't necessarily explicit integrations uh, because in I mean, one of the nice things about Text Expander is that it's available in any app. True. Uh, what I find myself doing pretty often is I will have a form open in PDF Pen, a PDF fillable form, and I will essentially use Text Expander to provide similar capability to autofill because I can just type TTEL for my telephone number and A adder for my address, and those fill in in this fillable form. So. I won't say that we've missed an opportunity integration in a sense. I think that we just – text scanner being ubiquitously available, it's not necessary for us to do some sort of tight integration with PDF Pen. It's just there and as easy to use as anywhere else. Yeah. Like in other words, the, the integration is already there for more than just PDF Pen and the other software pieces. Exactly. The integration and, is there. At the and everything else. Yeah, that's what <laughs> you need. system-wide. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. And, and honestly, that's the way I think of it these days. It has been, you know, the past, I don't know, few different computers or times where I've did a reinstall of the operating system. It's one of my basic utility. Like it's install, you know, install your favorite browser if it's not Safari on a Mac. And then maybe one other thing. Oh, one password. One password. Exactly. Obviously. Because you need, you need to get into your Dropbox yes. so that then you can share your snippets. And then it's text expand. I mean, it really yep. literally is. That yep. is the order. And then maybe there's two others I think that, you know, I, I make sure are there. But it's it's as if it's a missing utility program that I have to install or nothing works. So, yeah. Launch bar, launch bar is up there for me too. That's, <laughs> yes. a, that's next after text expander. Yes. So... Let's see. Are there any other like really cool like ninja secrets to Text Expander that we can share? Uh, sure. At the at the risk of going slightly deep geekery again, the one thing that we added in Text Expander five is uh, JavaScript as a snippet type. In general, Text Expander has plain text, formatted text and, and images, and then also supports snippets that are AppleScript and shell scripts. And has done so for, for some time. And then we added JavaScript. And JavaScript is interesting because it runs on both the Mac and on iOS. You can't really do AppleScript integrations. On, well, you can't do them at all on iOS. But you can do JavaScripts that execute on the Mac and on iOS. And so anything that you do that you write in JavaScript, you'll be able to use on iOS. And in fact, you can even use it on iOS from the Text Expander keyboard. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. I'm not a huge like JavaScript coding person, but I can see where that would be a benefit for sure. Yeah, I mean the kinds of manipulations that you might want to yeah. do. It has very rich string manipulations. It has very rich uh, date manipulations, and so it's it's super handy cross platform. Okay. What are some of the things that you think you know? It, wait, somebody has started. They've gotten started. They've set up you know their basics. They've gone through the onboarding process of doing the tutorial, and they've potentially even pulled in somebody else's snippets and then commandeered them for their own or or modified them to make them uh, work for themselves. What's that next step of really truly making it work for you? How do you really turn Text Expander into something that works for you? 
Sure. I think the next step is sort of the standard step with all productivity software, which is you think about, okay, what are the things that I do repetitively? And so in the case of, of TextMeter, what are the things that I do repetitively with text, whether it be in email or in a browser or you know things that, that I use text for all the time? And then you can start by doing big blocks of text that you do all the time in text expander and then editing them as you go along to improve them. Uh, maybe uh, here's your ninja trick, which is that in the text expander menu, there is an item called edit last expanded snippet. So you expand something and you want to make a change. You know, you want to make a correction, you want to improve the grammar, you want to brighten the wording. You can immediately go to the text expander menu after you've expanded the snippet and edit it right away. And I do that all the time. In fact, I have a hotkey for it because that way I constantly improve the quality of what I'm expanding. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. So, so it's almost you know, like a, a snippet audit. Yeah, exactly. And so you can do it right as you're going along and bake it into what you do. Anytime you see something expand that could be better, go ahead and right away make it better because there's no time like the present. And I see then why that's a parallel to any other productivity tool is that sometimes we think, oh, I've got this new tool. It's going to make my life awesome now. And the problem we think the problem is, is we think that it's already set up to work best for us. And what it really means is that you've got to spend a little bit of time de- being dedicated to making this tool fit your, uh, I don't know, workflow, I guess, best word. Sure. And I mean, there's the fantastic graphic of, you know, how many times I do an operation in a day equals I can afford this much time to make it better. True. And so, you know, if you think about it that way, if you have a piece of text that you're using 20 times a day, you can afford a minute or two to make that better because over time you will get that minute or two back times 20. Yeah. To be able to, to see how much time text expander saves you in the long run graphically even and to say, okay, yeah, I can definitely dedicate that amount of time to making it work even better or fully set it up to begin with for that matter. And I mean, text expander makes its own pitch for this. So if you uh, click the statistics button in the toolbar, Mm -hmm. it'll tell you how many snippets you've expanded, how many characters you've saved, how many hours you've saved based on your typing speed. And it can graph that for you as well. Yeah. I'm taking a look at that right now, actually. (laughs) And for fun, it has a button to let you tweet your stats. Yeah, I actually just clicked it. Nice. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Greg, I, I don't know if there's anywhere else we can really go other than telling people to just get their hands on it and start using it. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, depending, depending upon your perspective, it is only for the Mac and iOS. But uh, you guys have any interest in branching out to Windows at all? You never know what the future holds, but I think that let's let's do the basics on the product. So uh, it's available from our website, smilesoftware.com. Uh, you can download it and uh, give it a shot, kick the tires, a free demo. Uh, you have to expand 100 snippets, you have to save an hour, and you have to use the product for at least 30 days before it'll bug you to purchase other than at launch time. And uh, you can save up to five hours before it'll finally stop working on you. So we really want you to give a shot at it, kick the tires, make sure that you're comfortable with it. And, you know, we will continue to make our case in the statistics because you know the value of an hour of your time. And once you've saved an hour of your time, it's pretty quick. Uh, TechSpinner itself is is $44.95 on the Mac and it's $4.95 on iOS. 
they are separate independent purchases because the two app stores are separate and independent and uh, our friends in Cupertino have not yet found a means for us to bundle software from both. Perhaps they will in the future and we look forward to that. And what else? There are video tutorials on our site that are done by Max Sparky, the amazing David Sparks. And you can also find them via the help menu by selecting video tutorials. Awesome. Yeah, and some people balk at prices being higher for certain apps, things like that. My thought is, is ultimately you buy it once and you have it and it saves you all that time. And how much is your time really worth? Well, I think it's worth the 44, what was it? 44.99? Uh, 44.95, but yeah. 95, yes. To get that much more of your time back. I mean, heck, you can't buy, you can't rent or (laughs) hire an assistant for some of this stuff. That's going to do it as well as you can yourself with this tool uh, for that price. But on top of that, you guys come out with, let's see, I mean, four was when Text Expander four was what, 2012? I, uh, exactly. yeah. I believe 2012. And then five was this year or was it late last year? I forget. Now. Five was May of this year. This year. So there's years where you are on the latest software and you're getting the latest updates for free and then you pay an upgrade license fee instead of buying it all new again. So, which is what I've been doing this whole time. Wonderful. Thank you. I so, appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I, it's been well worth it. I mean, I, in other words, I reinvest in text expander every time you guys make an upgrade and it's always been well worth it. And again, yeah, I hope people go check it out and try it out. Uh, try out that free demo and you'll get a lot of use out of it before you have to pay to make it continue working. And by then you'll know if it's for you or not. Absolutely. So. And I mean, also bear in mind that we provide support. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's contact support from the help menu. We, uh, you know, to date, we, we strive to answer our tech support emails in all of them in under 24 hours and most of them a lot faster than that. So, uh, you know, that's something that we take very seriously. We have the video tutorials. We have detailed online help that's been professionally edited. So, you know, we, we have the whole package for you. Yeah. And, and it's one of my, key things here to say is I've never needed your help. <laughs> oh, so, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I said that to somebody else and I thought, oh, that's, it, it, it sounds almost like it's an insult, but it's actually one, a higher form of compliment that even if I did need you, you'd be there, but I didn't even need you. It was that great. So that's fantastic. Go. Greg, it has been awesome to talk with you. And I, I think, you know, people will excuse us geeking out a little bit this time around and talking about this one tool specifically, but I think it's one of those really key tools. Again, it's become one of my cornerstone tools, one of my utilities, if you will. And I just am glad you were able to come on the show and talk about it. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to, to be here. I hope that you're walking away from this episode with just insane drive to go grab Text Expander if you don't already have it, or if you already are a user, to go in and clean up what you're already doing or organize better, or take that, hit that pause, take that time, spend an hour or so, and just get fully set up inside Text Expander to be ready to go. Also, I promised at the beginning of the show that I would give you a promo code that if you did not yet own Text Expander, and you can go grab that for 20% off, go to smilesoftware.com, which is where you can download a free trial if you wish. But once you're ready to purchase, use the promo code TODO, that's T-O-D-O. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and thank you again to Nosby for supporting Beyond the To-Do List. Make sure to go check out Nosby at N-O-Z-B-E 
com slash T-O-D-O that will take you right to a landing page where you can sign up to get a free Nosby Pro trial for 30 days. And again, Nosby is cross-platform, web, Mac, Windows, Android, iPad, iPhone, yes, even Apple Watch. Go check it out over at nosby.com slash to-do. That's N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash T-O-D-O. Thanks again for listening. I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.